Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian. And man, we were just talking off air. I can't believe that I have not had this band on the show yet. There, there's a history that goes back a while, and we have a lot to talk about. So we're going to jump right into it. Please, everyone, welcome Chris of Fallstar. Chris, man, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just good. got the kids down for the night, and I'm a free man. <laughs> nice. I, I am glad to hear that. I'm sure that was difficult. That's a part of my life that hasn't occurred yet. So I always hear the stories about it, but I, I am glad that did, did it go swimmingly? I guess, is that the right word for it? No, it never does. Oh. It never does. It always takes like an hour. So, <laughs> gotcha. so you enjoy your sleep, man. Yeah. And normally I do. <laughs> I should tell people now, you know, I think you're in Portland, aren't you? You're in, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're a couple hours behind me. I'm in Austin, Texas. So we're doing kind of a late show tonight, which I appreciate. Our our schedules have been so busy, we haven't been able to line up. But like I mentioned, I should have done this a really, really long time ago. So I am very happy to have you on the show. And I do want to start off real quick. So I was so confused when I was going back and forth, uh, you know, looking things up. I, I know obviously your first name is Chris, but you also go by Cream as well yes is that a, is that a typical thing am i allowed to call you cream or would you prefer chris <laughs> you could say cream okay <laughs> yeah yeah i got the name it it does not mean come right it was uh <laughs> which is always the first question that was not but, uh, believe it or not that was not going to be the question <laughs> but uh, i just used to put too much coffee creamer in my coffee so everybody started calling me crazy cream and fortunately the crazy part dropped but yeah, even my parents call me cream. My kid, my kids don't yet, but Not my yet. wife does. Just okay. everyone calls me cream. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciated. I mean, one of the one of the big signs of that was when I was watching the the Kickstarter or the Indiegogo video. Oh, you, you saw that? Yes, coffee with Hell cream. Yeah. yeah, I thought Hell that yeah. was very well done. <laughs> I always appreciate that type of humor. And I was like, why is he calling himself cream? And then I started to look back, and I was like, oh. Now, now I got it. It's, it's a nickname. It works out perfectly for the sketch and everything. So <laughs> I definitely have to ask when, when you, when you're putting that kind of stuff together, how, how long is that something that I don't really want to say how long does it take because I'm sure it differs, but do those kind of things just come to you or do you have to really sit down and write something like a comedy sketch out? Oh yeah. Yeah. The crowd funds are an insane amount of work. Like if you just think about like the concept, like, cause we want to make it funny. Mm -hmm. Like every time we ask people to support our band and like you could do like, there's a couple of approaches. You could do the history approach where like, we've been a band, duh, 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 tens of thousands of records. And then you put in some mood music and we want to continue to da 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 for sure. our fans. And like, it's like super like, like throwbacky and it just like tries to emote all these feelings. But like, we're just like not that kind of band. We're just like funny and right. like we mess around and like we hope that like I think the people that follow us know that we just joke around a lot. And so we want to make these videos funny and yeah. worth the watch. And so, yeah, they just they take a long time. And like I had so many different other sketches that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to do like a 
uh, a thing about changing our style for this next record and becoming like more of a Mumford and Sons indie <laughs> sound. And like I had all these like costumes figured out. I'm like on Etsy trying to buy like kilts and shit. <laughs> like, nice. And I was like, no, maybe maybe we'll just do coffee with cream. But yeah, they take forever. And like the one I did for Sunbreather, like I illustrated that whole thing. Oh, okay. And it was like a yeah, and I I got the music in the background, and then I just had to like write the story of a journey of a band like going to space or something. Right. I think that's what we did. Yep. But yeah, I drew all those pictures and everything so they just take forever but they're really really fun like i edit all our music videos and everything yes, right and on. i still prefer doing the crowdfund stuff because it's just so funny to me and like in another life i would love to just make sketch videos but i don't have the time for that but that's where i get my rocks off with those videos ah, i nope i i totally get it and it really does speaking as a fan too it really does add something extra because i you know obviously anyone can get in front of the camera and they can ask for money. They can talk about how great the album is going to be. But it is a lot of fun to see somebody who takes joy in making those types of comedy sketches <laughs> and to be able to, to laugh extra. It's almost like you're you're just giving the fans something that they might not have expected. I mean, obviously, older fans will understand what you're doing. But it's just like that extra bit that a band might not be willing to give on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I like like because like our our music's pretty serious content wise. Yes. So I like the first interactions with like if anyone comes to our like Instagram or socials or even some of the music videos, I like them to have heard the music, but then to see the personality, be like, oh, they're goofy, and I right. <laughs> that's the only way I can convey it is like out of the music. So I try and be like, yeah, this is this is actually what we're like. Yeah. So. No, no, that's that's true. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's actually one of the reasons why I love doing this type of in-depth interview show is that you get to really get to know the person a little bit and have that personality put on to the music for the people listening as well. It gives another facet of what you're doing on a regular basis. Hell yeah. No, yeah. I, I definitely always appreciate that. But I, I think we, should, we need to jump into the whole crowdfunding thing as well. I have a ton of stuff to talk to you about. We're going to get to uh, Sacred Mirrors, of course. You know, you did a crowdfunding for that. But you've also done it. I want to say, did you do crowdfunding starting with Future Golden Age? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was the first album crowdfund we did. We tried to crowdfund, like when Kickstarter first came out, we tried to crowdfund for like a tour or like to get a van. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's what bands should do. There needs to be some bigger motivator and so we just decided to do them with albums and that's worked really well so we we did fail the first one we tried oh okay gotcha. yeah and that was a very good learning like learning lesson like yeah i learned a lot during that and so oh I but yeah we did future golden age sun breather and then sacred mirrors yes. so that was our three crowd funds and then my side project band northlander yes. that i do with cody and brian mm -hmm. we did a partial crowdfunder for for that as well so then yeah I mean, I know, I know, you know, well, technically, see, this is the weird part for me is I, I, I'm trying not to go too far into the business aspect, but I do find it kind of fascinating. You've got technically write your own record label with Rat Family, right? Yeah. Then you're also partnered with Face Down, but then you had left Face Down originally. That's when you started doing crowdfunding, but now you're doing crowdfunding yeah. and <laughs> working with your own label and with face down so how do how do you network that how do you balance everything out like i guess my 
I guess I understand that a record label can help with, or a record label can help with uh, marketing and advertisements and whatnot. But what do they get out of the partnership that you guys have? Yeah. So, well, we originally did the the 2015 crowdfund for Future Golden Age just because we were dropped from Face Down because we didn't sell many of um, Backdraft. Oh. Like we just. Okay. We, yeah, we just didn't sell enough of that, and then, like we've always had a good relationship with them, but um the business numbers and everything just didn't make sense okay so we dropped from the label and then we crowdfunded future golden age and then we crowdfunded for Sunbreather. and then i i had been talking to jason because he loved the northlander record mm-hmm. and i was like hey well if we can pay for the recording for Sunbreather, then will you like pay for the, the vinyl and the cds and the marketing and um Uh, just pay for ads and stuff okay and so that's kind of what we did so we sell we sell them the masters for those records and Mm -hmm. for sacred mirrors for like a hundred bucks just something to be able to invoice and then face down has the most insane splits ever so we get 50 percent of the royalties and they keep 50 percent. so that's pretty unheard of in any record label ever right. i yeah. imagine <laughs> i don't know if i've ever heard of that before so that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're still not like you know we're not putting out huge numbers with our record sales and our streaming does okay mm-hmm. but it's nothing like crazy so to to make it worth um to i guess to make it worth it for both parties like we cover our recording costs and then a little bit of the vinyl costs and stuff okay. like we'll split it with them and then they cover the rest of all that and then they do their own pre-order and then we just split the royalties afterwards and then they market it so okay. it it seems to work out pretty fair for us and like it still like keeps us in a community of like i believe in fan bases of record labels it's not near what it was right. but i think there still is power in affiliation and so um, and plus I just love working with them. So I think we'll probably just do that for a long time. Yeah. Why? I mean, if and it's the, working, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And the goal is to make records till I die. <laughs> like literally <laughs> that is the goal. Like I, I don't see why we can't. And like, we live in the best time for making music ever. Like if I was born 10 years earlier, I might've missed it. I would have been too intimidated by like recording and, um, digital stuff and, and then the money you know, once the money wasn't there anymore for recording records, because oh, we sorry. got like 10,000 from face down for backdraft. Right. And then that was like, that was a fine budget back then. Like there was budgets way higher and they just, the, all the budgets are gone now. Like <laughs> no one's getting much money to make records. But for me, I think that's a plus side because I can make a record for really cheap now mm-hmm. because I do everything in my office yes, and right. then we just pay for mixing. So like, at most, I'll be paying seven thousand dollars for like the best sounding record ever. Like it sounds way better than any of our past records, and it's cheaper. Sure. <laughs> and I could do that forever. Yeah, right. like <laughs> like even if we can't meet our crowdfund goals, I'll just sell a couple guitars. And <laughs> I think you had to do that before, didn't you? Yeah, I, I yeah, I've done that a lot. Yeah, Sunbreather, we kind of messed up, and we 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 wait. No, was that? Yeah, it was Sunbreather. Yeah, it was Sunbreather. Yeah. yeah. We sent it to uh, someone and the mixes were bad and I lost ah. out on a bunch of money. And so gotcha. then we had already done the crowdfund. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to get rid of my guitars. But I got rid of all but two. And then, you know, I find a way of getting guitars. I yeah, During COVID, I flip. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I flip. I flip a lot of these weird like HM strats. Oh, so okay. they're, they're, right. Yeah, super niche. 
and like I just flip them over and over. And then I flip a lot of squires and like I which sounds funny, but squires are like my favorite guitar ever. Really? And they they uh, flip really well and I like fixing them up and doing cool stuff to them. So Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I just yeah, so I always have between 15 and like three guitars. So I just, oh. I've, I have no like connection to them. I just love having them, but there's no like personal connection. I could sell everything and be fine. And then, ah, you okay. know, <laughs> no, totally understand. But I, I like, I mean, obviously I like that plan because now I get more fall star music. So I, I certainly appreciate that. So <laughs> yeah, forever. I definitely, I, I want to definitely hit on uh Northlander and then also I know, I, I don't know if you're still a part of it or not, but are you still a part of Cobra Cobra as well? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that album. Yeah, you know as well. about that. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> no, I, I definitely follow around. I mean, I, I appreciate, I think one of the big things I appreciate of not only Fall Star as a band, but also what you've done with Northlander and then also going off and being in Cobra Cobra, every band that you've mentioned or every band that I've just mentioned is so incredibly different sounding yes (laughs) and i appreciate i appreciate in a way because like with northlander i would call i would call what you guys do like a experimental alt rock somewhere around that kind of sound um yeah and maybe i'm off on that but that's normally what i get when when i hear but yeah that sounds right you okay if you all of a sudden though put uh northlander type music on a Fallstar album I would be a little turned off. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. And same with Cobra Cobra, which is like a old school, like hair metal band almost yeah. with like, <laughs> with some new school uh, style in it. So it, it's very significantly different because Fallstar as yourselves are already so many different genres rolled into one, but you still have that background or that backbone of, you know, quote unquote core music. So yeah. I am used to hearing a, you know, kind of a new new metal uh, rap core song from you going into <laughs> post-hardcore and then a metalcore song that has, you know, death growls in it as well. Like, I, I appreciate that a lot, but I don't see that as often with a lot of bands in the scene right now. I see a lot yes. more bands, you know what I mean? Like, old school bands that made metalcore post-hardcore that will go directly into radio rock or rap core or something. It'll be such a drastic change where it feels like, why didn't you just make a different band and put that music out and keep your core audience and your core sound for the people that have always been a fan of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've never understood that. That's like anytime I've like... Cause you like back in the day, you would blindly buy a record before hearing it. Yes. And like, if it's just a complete like turn from their original style, it's so off putting. Right. So yeah, I felt like I had all those Northlander songs saved up and I'm like, I can't do this with a false start. Like ah. I can't put that on a false start record. So that's okay. why I made that band as like an outlet to get those, those sad, like kind of moody songs, mm-hmm. just get them out of my system. Cause I knew they were good and it was just going to kill me knowing I had them, but I couldn't release them. I see like so yeah it's a good outlet for that so then when you're putting a song together or you're and and we should get maybe into technique a little bit but if you're writing lyrics or you're you're sitting down to make yourself write music do you get to actually choose yourself and say hey i am writing for fall star or no i'm writing for northlander like how does that actually work in your head yeah 
I, it's, it's, if I, if I'm sitting down, it is very intentional direction. Like I have a goal for my hour or two hours that I'm going to sit down and write and I know what I'll be doing, but like, I, I literally write like from the moment I wake up till I go to bed. Ah. And like one of the last things I do before I go to bed, there's this like sweet spot in your consciousness where like right before you're falling asleep, you're just, your mind is laced with like, or like something's happening. I don't know what you call it, but you have access to different ideas and different melodies. Ah. So like, it takes me a long time to fall asleep because like I'll be singing five to 10 different voice memos into my phone. Huh before I go to sleep and like, I just, and like, it's part like I view it as like a sacrifice because I'm like, I could close my eyes and be asleep in five seconds, but I hear this like little melody and I need to put it in my phone. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'll see if it was shit or if it was like genius Ah, and one out of 50 it's genius. And (laughs) if I would have fallen asleep, I would have missed like waiting or like one of those other songs that just like I, I wrote, so that's, that's my thing. I just write all day long and I sing into my phone, whether it's a guitar part or like a lyric or okay. a vocal melody, but then I'll get like an hour every night to actually sit down and be like, okay, what do I want to organize? So right now I'm on my whiteboard. I have like the next Northlander record written. Oh, okay. So I'm working on lyrics throughout the day for some of the stuff, <laughs> like all the vocal melodies and everything I've written. And then with fall star, I'm like figuring out, um, just new songs so i have a bunch of like Anne berlin seosin type of songs like i have like eight or nine that are really really good but it's kind of lacking in the heavy stuff so now i'm trying more like acacia strain plea for purging type songs that i'm structuring out and i'll put together 10 more of those and then forget about them and then like (laughs) i'll do like five rap rock songs and forget about them and then (laughs) once i have like 35 to 40 songs then i can it'll be pretty obvious which 10 or 12 will be for the next record okay so i have a good pretty good start on that so i just have like so many different songs and different projects that I'm working on. And I'm to a point where I'm pretty organized about it and pretty good at labeling stuff. And so I'm just constantly moving ideas through and scrapping things. And it's just because like, I don't know. I think once you start using your imagination to a certain point, it's like second nature and the ideas just come and I'm not sitting there. I mean, that's another thing. Like ever since I got kids or have kids, like I don't have free time. So I can't just sit right. at my computer and be like, oh, let's write a song. Let's see what comes to me. And that was always so slow and it it was frustrating and it never worked. And now that I don't have time, I'm getting ideas while I'm washing dishes or like while I'm driving them somewhere constantly and I don't have time to work on them. So then I just work on them like for an hour at the end of the night and I get to, it's just so much better for my creativity in a weird way. Wow. Wow, I don't I don't know if anyone has even told me that type of of being able to uh I guess get that inspiration, right? Yeah, yeah. Your synapses are firing off at at a different a completely different time than a lot of people are doing that. So, now with your family, like is your is your wife bothered that right before you're trying to go to bed, you're trying to uh, go ahead and uh record all these extra things? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. Well, we don't even share the same room anymore because our kids are so tough. Ah, so okay. like I, I sleep with the boys one night and then she gets the bed and then she'll sleep with the boys one night and then I get the bed I and then you. whoever whoever has our bed has to watch the little girl because she gets up in the middle of the night. So we don't even sleep in the same bed anymore. We're like we're right in the thick of child um raising. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Wait, so how I mean that's three kids total then? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Whew. Yeah. Three kids. What what ages? 
um, three, five, and eight. They oh, all just wow. had their birthdays. So, oh, well, yeah. happy belated. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully those were fun for you, maybe, or too stressful. Yeah. I don't know. One of those two. No, they were great. They were great. Okay. This is like the first summer I actually enjoyed being a parent. Oh, okay. I, I think I've spent most of my time being a parent not enjoying it just because it's it was way harder than I thought it would be. And everybody's like, you, you, you can't wait for you to have kids. Oh, it's going to be the best time of your life. And I really did not enjoy it for maybe the first five, five yeah. and a half years, six. I've heard similar stories. <laughs> yeah, it was just so hard. Oh, my God. Oh. But this last year has actually been good. Oh, good. And oh, yeah. I think it'll continue to get better and better. But that's great. Yeah. No, that's... So I'm, I have a positive outlook about it now, but it was really rough for a very long time. Oh, yeah. I, I would certainly imagine. Well, that's cool. Now, I guess at that age, maybe at eight, maybe you know, are, are they interested in you doing music? Like, do they, do they care at all? Um, my eight year old? Yeah. No. Okay. No, he's, he's super into trucks and shit. Okay. Um, but my five year old is kind of, okay. And I try and get him into stuff, but, um, but my, my kids do, I catch them humming, my songs every oh. now and then, which is really <laughs> dope because that's gotta be, cool. I make, yeah, they always have to listen to all the new demos in the car. That so. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Well, man, we should definitely talk about, you know, sacred mirrors. I, I was blown away when I, when I heard the album, you know, we'll, we'll jump around a little bit, but I definitely want to make sure uh, that we hit on this. So you had told me off air, this is really kind of the first time you've been able to talk about it. So it came out in mid-July on face down plus with the with the Kickstarter and everything. By the way, I, I forgot to ask. So when you do the crowdfunding part of it, do the people who crowdfund, do they get to hear the album first before it goes yes. out to everyone? Oh yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's always my favorite perk of that stuff. I've had terrible, terrible luck with a lot of Kickstarters where the bands will either go and they'll end up joining a label and the label gets it first. So they do something weird like that. So I really appreciate. Oh, no. you, oh yeah. No, I've <laughs> had terrible, terrible luck, uh, like not getting the, uh, the perks and all that kind of stuff. No, so, oh, that's my yeah. nightmare, dude. Oh yeah. No, no. Like, like oh you my pay, God. You pay a certain amount to have like your name in the album book or something like that. And it doesn't happen or you don't get the vinyl or whatever extra perk doesn't have. Like I've had that happen so many times. That's why I stay away from them now. Most of the time, like I'll promote them for bands, but I personally have trouble doing it because of how many times I've been screwed. Oh, that, I mean, that is the dumbest thing ever because anyone who supports a band's Kickstarter is like your ride or die people. Like they're, they're the people you have. 100% have to take care of and they're like the ones who make your album possible like, right so i am just terrified that like i'll forget something or like i'm constantly writing the updates i'm like please message me please message me if i got something oh, wrong right right sure. because like i want like i want to make sure everything's sent out well and i'm constantly thinking of ways to do them better mm -hmm. so i think the one part i don't like about the crowdfund is like Everybody backed this back in 2021, February of 2021. Okay. So that's a long time to wait. So I think with the next uh, crowdfund thing that we do, I'm just going to deliver all the rewards except for the physical album, mm -hmm. like 
the month after it's done. I'm always trying to think of what could make it a better, ah, better, okay. m- better, better time for everyone. But yeah, I, I've, I have actually supported two Kickstarters that never happened and I never got my shit. And I yep. was like, holy shit, that was like eight years ago that I did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. still don't have anything. No, absolutely. I just gave up. I was like, nope, that's not going to happen. But that's why I'm more weary. I mean, I've heard of very good, like, I, obviously, Fallstar. There are other bands that I think are very good at their either Patreon or crowdfunding. And that is how they really do make it a family. You know, it's these are the people that are making the music happen. Yes. So they do really take care of everybody. So I totally get it happens. It's just I've had so many problems that I kind of stay away from it myself. <laughs> but that's just me that's just me. yeah that's so bad yeah i don't blame you <laughs> but it does seem like you guys had another successful crowdfunding operation with uh with sacred mirrors i definitely wanted like i said came out mid-july i've been listening to this back and forth non-stop different times a day during the gym workouts all that kind of stuff There's, oh hell yeah oh yeah it's it's one of those albums that I, I really enjoy the diversity in it. And I'm I'm one of those people that I don't need that. If you make a great album and it's a standard, quote unquote, standard metalcore album, I love it. I am completely mm-hmm. fine with that. If you do something well and you stick with it, great. What you guys do well is the diversity and the variation in all the genres that you put together and how you formulate the tracks that you do. I can't ever say that you guys do the same thing over and over again, unless the same thing over and over again is making varied albums over and over again. You see what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So I I appreciate that a lot, but it, it does seem, I know, I know a little background of, you know, why the title was chosen, that kind of thing. And I, I appreciate that. I think it's a great idea. The looking back on yourself and looking back, especially at your discography and refining your sound into what Sacred Mirrors became. I really do appreciate that. How did you decide that that's kind of the direction you wanted to go in? Um, yeah, I mean, I think initially I liked Sunbreather so much and it felt like a just a really good structured album. So I was like, well, with the next one, we could do Sunbreather Part 2, but just better songs even. Huh. So that was my whole idea. Okay. And like when I think about mapping out a record now, I think Sunbreather was the blueprint for what I'll probably do for a long time until it feels stale or doesn't, I don't like it anymore. Sure. Is like have maybe five or six just like, um, I would call them like just standard fall star songs. So that would be like the screaming, I guess like a metalcore song, like screaming and then singing chorus and um, some breakdown or something in the bridge. Sure. Um, so that would be like a standard fall star song. So have like five or six of those structured that way. And then like one screamer song with no like um, singing in the chorus or anything. Sure. Yeah. And then one hip hop song. And then the rest would be a mix of like Amberlynn Seosin typey songs, uh-huh. um, just more mellower. I mean, still like they could be more, they're, they're just not as heavy, I guess. And they could have singing in the verses. Okay. So that's kind of how I like to structure it. And that way I can hit all the types of music that I really enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. And they all seem to fit 
in the false star sound. And it's something that we've been doing since like, I think backdraft would be the first one with more diverse songs. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah I, I just kind of like to keep that. And then, and then it's structure too. Like I, I just do pop structures for every single song now. And that's made me so happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's with, when I'm looking at this next record record and mapping it out, I'm just, I look for those ratios and songs and then, you know, try and stick to that. I <laughs> <guess>. <laughs> well, is there, is there a type of music in a fall star album that more people gravitate towards? Because I, I could say for sure, a lot of times, and it depends on who you're talking to in the scene, but obviously rap core, you know, a more hip hop metal song and stuff. It's not always going to be, it's not always going to be the ones that people gravitate towards. Right. Right. But I think you do it really, really well. And there's a fresh take on it. Is there any type of song? Do you think that the core fall star audience really gravitates towards? Um, yeah, like, like Time Bender in the Jet Engine, the first song on Sacred Mirrors is mm-hmm. like, I would say is quintessential Fall Star. Okay, but then we see mo. I I feel like the biggest response we got was for this other song, Crooks in the Damned. Oh sure. Um, yeah. yeah, because it's 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 still a little aggressive. It's like easy core, but I, I hate the word easy core because it's. <laughs> It sounds too bouncy and pop punk. And I don't, I'm not a huge fan of pop punk. I like sad songs. Okay. All so right. like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really confusing though. Cause then like die up or sorry, uh, that rap rock song, eternal engine has been the most streamed since the album came out. Oh, came okay. out. All right. So I am just so confused. And <laughs> I used to really envy bands that could have a cohesive sound in a record, but I just never, was able to do that, like mm-hmm. make a cohesive sounding record. And I just kind of started thinking, you know, maybe that weakness is a strength. And maybe if I just fully embrace it, then people can just like enjoy being surprised right. and have, and I can cover a broad spectrum of genres within a record and it can still sound like false star. Mm-hmm. And so I think after this one, especially and like, you know, Future Golden Age, Sunbreather, and this one, they all have that variance in genre. And I think now it's expected that it can cover anything from, um, you know, something light to rap rock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but also the thing with me, too, is like, I don't want to do more than like one or two rap rock songs on a record because rap rock can sound so the same if you I, if i did a whole record 10 songs of new metal rap rock type stuff It'd i could tough. do it sure but it would be it would yeah they all start to sound the same and you you kind of run out of like cliches to use which i think cliches are really important when structuring a song like oh, a metal core song yeah. or a rap rap core song like you got to hit some of them sure. but then it's just 10 songs of it gets really <laughs> rough so <laughs> no that's like i think i mean even though i guess i wouldn't call them more on the metal side but I was I was actually recently pretty impressed by the new. I don't even know if you'd ever listened to them, but the new Hollywood and Dead album. No, I yeah. I used to listen to them a lot back in the day, but I haven't. I didn't know they were back. Oh yeah, they, I guess apparently they never went away. I I had, <laughs> oh, I had no idea because I don't listen to the radio, so I had I had no idea. But then uh, they came out with a new album. I think it was last year, and I was like, wait a second. 
if they're around and they have millions and millions of monthly listeners, there maybe there's something I'm missing, or maybe there was something from the past that I just did not connect with. Let me wow. try it out now. And I got to be completely honest. I thought they did a great job to make a full album where none of it really sounded the same, and it sounded more on the rock side than the rap side, even though the rap was there, but it, it had a different feel to it. Wow, dude, I got to listen. I really liked them when I used to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, it was something different, I'm pumped right? to check it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I know a lot of people made fun of them for, you know, the look they had and, you know, trying to get into the scene the way they did, but they've been here for so long now. And like I said, it's millions upon millions. Of, like, I think they hit the radio market. Like, I think somehow their music stayed on radio with wow. the rare stations that are even still there. I, I don't know. Yeah. How. I mean, I did want to actually, it kind of transitions a little bit. Well, obviously, we'll get back to Sacred Mirrors. But uh, one of my favorite songs that you guys ever have put out is Radio. Yep. I love that song so much because I have a love-hate relationship with radio where I, I love talk radio. And now it doesn't exist unless it's, you know, you're either talking religion or you're talking politics or sports, except for podcasts, uh -uh. right? Yeah. So I used to love uh, a lot of radio stuff. They just did not play music that I gravitate towards. I know I've said gravitate towards a lot tonight, but it really, <laughs> really does. <laughs> I, they don't play my style of music. No, mine either. Yeah. They play radio rock, but. What I had read about that song, and please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong in this, but what I had read from that song is that you had made it mostly based on people in the scene selling or or writing for other bands and selling music to other bands that then they kind of pass off as their own. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, both, we're I... both all sullen now. We're just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I gotta be careful now because I have some friends. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, look, but yeah, I we don't. Have no, to no, name we names. can talk. I, I know a lot of. Yeah. I know a lot of them too, and they're my friends as well. So I, I totally get it. But there is, go ahead. There is something about. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I have. I, I feel like I have to reevaluate my stance on what I'm criticizing. But um, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean it's it's about that, and I I think it just when I wrote that I was so shocked. Uh, I was like, "What? I am writing every day. I write fifty or sixty songs for a record. Right. Like I'm working really hard. I mean, the songs aren't as good as what they're doing, but I'm like, but they don't have to do it. They don't have to do the thing that that like they're a band and they don't have to write right. the song. I was like so <laughs> pissed and like bitter." And like, I'm not quite as pissed about it now. I'm just like, ah, I guess it's just business. It's just business. But yeah. like, but I still would, I would never do that because the part about being in a band, like my favorite, favorite part, absolute favorite part out of all the experiences you do being in a band, playing shows, touring, you know, music, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I just want to sit in my underwear at my desk and write something <laughs> really fucking cool and be like, yes, that's going on the record like that just is what i live for and so right. everything else is awesome but that moment is like what keeps me going day to day and that's like the buzz i i crave and i chase mm -hmm. and to think about 
doing it all without that, I'm just like, well, you got no salt on your food. Like, you, like <laughs> what do you, that seems so boring. I don't know. I, it's, yeah. Well, it's always, I, I think I have brought this up to some people who have been on the show who I know, you know, goes right for people. And to me, I think the thing that was always difficult was, I mean, you'd have to, I guess, in order to show the emotion and, and show the passion for the lyrics and the song that you're that you're now playing for people is that you'd have to put your own experiences into those lyrics or into that uh, melodic framework, I guess, in order to have some type of passion for it. Otherwise, where does that passion come from? And that was the part that I worried about more was how does a band connect to something if they didn't write it? Yeah. And now they have to perform it for people. Yeah. Like if it didn't come from you, how's it going to feel like, like that's why like, like playing like in a, I don't know, like a, a wedding band or maybe like a tribute band. Like it's fun because you're playing music and mm-hmm. those guys all make money. So making money is fun. Oh, yes. But um, <laughs> like I would love that. But the part about playing other people's shit, I'm just like, oh, man, I just, <laughs> I just <Yeah. laughs> I, uh, want to play my own stuff. That, like the reason why I'm playing music in the first place and probably why a lot of artists do art is because they have some fucked up childhood and they have all this trauma. Mm-hmm. But because of all this trauma, they learned really creative ways to cope with life and move forward right and so that's what i have now and to be able to not use that and like to, <laughs> or to know i don't know man as this the whole reason yeah anyway no, i no. could go on forever about oh, no. that but <laughs> i i i appreciate you talking about it and yeah uh, for me just so you know the way the way that i now because you know knowing about the writing but even though the business has changed so much that i kind of put that kind of aside when i listen to the song now i just think about people who have changed their style of music so much in order to get on the radio. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I, because to me, it still seems very strange when a band who's made, you know, their money and their fans in, in one way, all of a sudden decides, Oh no, we're going to follow the trend of what everyone else is doing and make this style of music and say, Oh no, but it's because we always wanted to. Well then, if yeah. you always wanted to, why didn't you make money back then doing it? You can make money with pop music any time in your career. So why didn't you just start out as a pop band? Yeah, architects. I yeah, I don't know. Very yeah. strange. That's that's yeah. always very strange to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Got on a tangent. That does that definitely happens on the show. Hey man, I I love it. Oh I, good. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so with with Sacred Mirrors, like I said. Really, really appreciate uh, how varied everything is in it. And I, I guess for, for you, so now I know you guys are going to be doing a short run of shows in October. And uh-huh. you've, you know, you've been out with, with different bands recently as well. But you kind of stay on the West Coast. Is that because of the family life and everything? Yep, exactly. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, yep. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... it's it's hard to get like I think the most we're gonna do a ten day run in the spring, and that's okay. the most we've done because we used to go up for like five months right, out of the year, right, right. yeah, a lot of years, and so we're just yeah, it's mostly just so that we can be home, and it's hard to get the days off work, and it's definitely hard to leave our wives with just the kids, right? So, but we're we're enjoying it, and the tours have been really really good every time we do it so 
we're going to do a little bit more this next year and see how that goes. And if that keeps going well, then maybe we can do a little more. So <laughs> totally understand. But yeah, the, the month long tours are out of the question unless we're opening for POD. Ah, is so. that, that's the band. That's, that's the one yeah. band you're willing to do. for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. POD. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, look, if you do end up going further, that would be great. I mean, when I look at this lineup, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I've had the undertaking on, I've had, uh, you know, I've had Austin on the show before. And, you know, speaking of someone who actually was on the album as well, because he featured in Crooks yeah. and, you know, and the damn, <laughs> that's a big deal. But then also the amount of times I've had Dawson on the show from the ongoing concept. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be, uh, an amazingly fun uh, tour to go on because they just had their album, which I, which I appreciated a lot. I mean, obviously you're in the same area, but how far back does your connection go with the ongoing concept? I think we did a tour in 20, maybe it's 2013 was the first one we did. With okay. Them. All right. Yeah. So, so 10, 10, years. 10 years ago. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Wow. And we've just been buddies ever since. Like I talked to Dawson maybe every day, every other day, at least text with him yeah, yeah. like all the time. And like, I love talking with Dawson. Cause like, we both just do the same shit. Like we both record our bands. We mm -hmm. both write a lot of songs and then we both do video work and yep. photo work and then design work and like website stuff. So we're just right. constantly like picking each other's brains about it. And he's been learning mid journey lately. So I've been oh. teaching him some stuff with that. And like, yeah, we, yeah, we just talk all the time. So I, I love the ongoing concept. If we could just tour with them, that would be great. And also the undertaking there, yeah. like we met them two years ago and just instant buddies. Like, oh, good. Love them so much. And it's crazy. Cause like we toured so much back in the day and we never like really made friends with other bands. Uh. Just, I, I don't feel like people were, I don't know, like either the people we toured with just weren't super friendly. Cause we're like super friendly. But I can tell maybe people yeah. were too yeah. <laughs> maybe people were like too cool or something. But yeah, the last couple of years we just made buddies with the Undertaking and Lightworker, and they've just been such awesome dudes. And then now we're gonna do this little run with No Home oh, yeah. from yep. Seattle, which um I've known Craig for a long time, but I don't we haven't actually hung out ever. So it's gonna be fun just hang out with that band and just making friends. And they're all like dad bands. So I love that too. They all have like responsibilities. Oh, yeah, they can't get right. out on the road very long. Yep. <laughs> so when dad bands tour together, we just drink so much beer and just have so much fun and no one cares about anything. It's just like vacation. Yes. So okay. it's just like such a good time. That <laughs> so, is great. That yeah. is great. Now, by the way, we don't have to go off on a total tangent, but uh, when speaking with Dawson, one of the things that I always get with him is how opinionated he is on so yes. many different things. Do you share the same? Like, are you able to go back and forth with him with all the stuff that he dislikes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a quality of him that I really value Yeah, because I feel like in a lot of settings, it's like a little bit unappreciated to be bluntly yes or no black and white in your opinions about art or music but sure. that's exactly what i am i'm like i hate it i hate it i love <laughs> it i hate it because like you don't want ideas that you're not 100 percent stoked about swimming around in your brain right like if there's a song that i'm not like oh that's so freaking cool if it's not that then it's a zero and i hate it and i never want to <laughs> hear it again 
(laughs) (laughs) I can't be like, oh yeah, they're okay. Like no band's okay. They're either shit or like they're God tier and I want to learn from them. So I I totally appreciate that about Dawson. And yes, we do share that, that black and white opinion. Yes. In or out. Yes or no. (laughs) That is, I, I love it. I love it. I've always enjoyed it. That's why he's been on the show so many times. It's just because of that. We'll just go off talking about something completely random. So, yes, yeah. always, always appreciate that, that. And by the way, speaking of completely random, I do have to bring this up because I don't want to forget. And I would be super pissed if I did. So I believe now I am working towards having every band on the show that has ever made a Donnie Darko reference. No. So, yes, I'm just marking them off the list, and I finally got you. I did want to tell you, besides, you know, Jameson's book, uh, you know, the name-dropping book where I had him on the show and we were talking about you, the way I found your band was from Future Golden Age and from Roberto Sparrow. Really? (laughs) I saw that come up on a playlist, and I went, wait a second, I have to listen to that, and that's when I fell in love with your band. Oh, that's so freaking cool. Please tell me the background <laughs> because I've, I've had people that have put certain Donnie Darko references in their music because, you know, oh, it's a popular movie or something. Some from people who absolutely love it. Some from people that don't understand it. Where does your background go with Donnie Darko? I'm just fascinated by it. I just love it. And I love that it can't be entirely understood, but it still makes sense. Right. And like, I'm so into the freaking bunny oh, <laughs> like, sure. and like yeah, Frank, yeah. why he's so terrifying, <laughs> but also like what purpose he serves. And like, it's just a beautiful story to me. It and really like, is. I, I started that with the first song on future golden age, like what Roberta Sparrow said. Yep. And then with sun breather, I ended it yes. with the last song Darko. Yep. And then with this record, I put in time bender and the jet engine because ah, sure. when yep. Donnie, lays in his bed and the jet engine crushes him so then on our next record the last song of that will also be a donnie darko reference oh so, that's awesome yeah so i'll just i'll just keep it going yeah <laughs> it's see, just like the, one of the best pieces of art to me so yes. i love it no i i totally agree people get annoyed when i talk about it so much but it is legitimately my favorite movie i have yeah. seen it <laughs> same oh yeah i've seen it i it has to be almost 400 times by now oh dude it's one of those things where i can quote it while it's on it's just one of those comfort movies that i'll always love and i just recently opened more people up to it who had never seen it they had only heard it before and i i don't know i just don't think they make movies like that anymore no did well did the did the people that you uh told about did they like it? Yes, some did. Some did. It was actually it was funny one of them who loves making, you know, movie references and doing movie quotes and whatnot. He was blown away cuz he was like I have to watch this movie cuz there are so many one-liners that he wanted yeah. to remember. And <laughs> I guess because and I'm sure it might be the same with you, I've seen it so many times that I I don't even think about how an outside person would look at the movie with how many one-liners there really are throughout the entire thing. <laughs> but some people don't get it. Some people, it's it's hard for people's attention spans to yeah. watch a movie and be enthralled with it. And Donnie Darko is one of those movies that you can't be looking on your phone 
and you have to pay attention to it because if you don't, you'll miss something that's important later. And I don't know if people really have that attention span anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I always wonder with movies like that too, because it's probably 20 years old now. Yeah, it came out in 20. Uh, you know what the crazy thing is? And I don't know if you know this or not. So it was 2001 when it came out. Okay. And it came out a month after 9 11. Oh, shit. Yeah. And what they had to do was they pulled it, they pulled all the marketing and only released it in a certain amount of theaters because of the whole jet engine thing. They didn't want the oh, imagery. Yeah, gosh. they didn't want that imagery to be like, oh, no, this is someone trying to either, oh, wow, why am I, uh, PTSD, or yeah. try to capitalize off of that kind of thing. So they just complete, and that's why that movie is a cult movie now, is because it never got a wide release with actual marketing. Wow, that is very crazy. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of weird... <laughs> Weird stories like that. So yeah, to be now what twenty two years old or so, it's it's very yeah. I I I will always try and get people to watch it, but I also just kind of give give up and I just watch it myself too. Yeah, that's what I think about movies that hit that like two decade point. I'm mm -hmm. like, like I call it like the Jurassic Park effect, where Jurassic Park effect, where like. I wasn't allowed to do anything or like watch anything crazy when I, cause I was like a super Christian family growing up. Mm -hmm. And so like, I couldn't watch Jurassic park. And so then when I go to watch it, when I'm like 25 years old, it just looks like shit. And I'm right. like, Oh, this is terrible. I don't, why is this interesting at all? Gotcha. And so like, I feel like there's a certain window you have to see shit. Same with ET. I wasn't allowed to watch it. And so of course, when I watch it as an adult, I'm not a kid. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah like dumb. Who cares if this alien goes back to his planet? Like, who cares? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He get hit by a truck. I don't care. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> but so I wonder, I, I hope that it, I would be very interested to see what other people think, like watching it and see if it holds up for them. Cause I feel like it's timeless and awesome, but I'm also in it and I saw it in the moment and now right. I've processed it for 20 years and I'll always be in it. So I, yeah. Well, no, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you putting all those references in. Anytime I see something like that, it automatically catches my eye and I am <laughs> zoned in for sure. Now I got to ask you this. What do you think about, the and I don't even know if it's necessarily rumor. Obviously, a lot of things are up in the air with the writer's strike and everything. But I do believe that Richard Kelly was saying he is definitely making a sequel, like an official sequel, not that crappy whatever S yeah, Darko one or whatever. That, but what that, what do you think about that? I'm just now hearing about it. Oh, wait, I broke some wait. news. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I want to look it up. What? Yeah, no, no. He so said. When it, did they say this? I I don't think he mentioned. Like I, I I don't even know if I would look at it if he mentioned what the storyline would be. But I believe he was looking to bring back original characters. Oh, dude! Yeah. If he did that, I if I mean, he did that. I'd oh, have to. God. I think I'd have to see it. But I also, oh, of course, I don't want him to ruin what the original movie was oh yeah he easily could yeah yeah oh i i still want him to make it though i yeah, still want the I'm option still, to see it. i am i am a little look with i don't know did you ever watch s darko at all yeah i did i turned it off it was so disappointing i went to there was a this is old school i don't i don't remember how old i was it had to be in high school or something blood there was still like a blockbuster around and they were going out of business and they had a bunch of copies of s darko oh. and i bought them all 
I bought them all, all them. <laughs> so that no one could see it. I bought them so no that no shit. one could see it. And then I still have them, but I've never watched it. Oh, you've never seen it? I have never seen it. I can't, oh, it's ba- it's I can't bring myself. Way. It's so bad. Yeah, I can't it's bring myself so to do it. <laughs> I don't know if I've even told that story. I might have told that story when I did. I did a whole Donnie Darko episode explaining <laughs> everything in the movie. Maybe I talked about it then. I don't remember. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Them all. Total tangent, but I had to bring it up. I would kick myself. If, if I didn't, if I didn't bring it up. So uh, next thing I wanted to bring up, I'm just hitting you with random, random stuff. Yeah. Give it to me. I, I, I wonder if you'll enjoy this or not. So I was looking on Google. I was like, Oh, let me, let me check to see if there's any funny, whatever thing I can bring up, uh, with cream. And I looked up, I think I just put in fall star band and a Reddit post came up. I don't know if you've seen this before. I want to read it to you. I got to pull it up here. Oh, no. It's a Reddit from seven years ago. It says, Fallstar, be careful listening to this band, exclamation point. Okay. And I went, what? What could that that possibly be? They seem like totally nice guys. I've listened to their albums for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, what does this say? Yeah, what could they have possibly done? And it turns out that you had done a track-by-track of future golden age and in it when you were talking about each track apparently this is in the christ core area of reddit so they latched on to the fact that you had said that you don't believe in the afterlife and a couple of other things about god Mm. so they apparently are upset that you're not a real Christian and that your ideal that your ideals or ideas in that album would seep into Christians that listen to it. I think that's what it was saying. Okay. Well, I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what went through your mind I was, when you heard that title? Like what could you have possibly done? I don't know. I feel like I punched a baby or something or like <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just terrifying. I, I know I haven't done it, but like, I'm, it's, just, it's just always terrifying. Yes. It can. Um, I, I couldn't help it. I never no, normally okay. read Reddit, that, but that's, that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, gosh, there was a whole, oh, uh, you know, th- there was a whole thing about this. Oh, okay. Cause I don't know if it's related to that post, but like. It, it started what it, I don't know what it was if because I remember the track by track. Yeah. And then because of someone wrote an article somewhere or said something. So I went back to read the track by track to be like, oh, is this OK? Did I say something weird? But we were going to get they it was starting to mess with some of our shows. Like, oh, there was like promoters were reaching out to us. They're like, hey, did you say this? Because it was about like satanic stuff or like, I don't know. Some shit like that, or like I talk about the occult in that record. Oh yeah, fair amount. yeah, 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 yeah. And so like, it's not like I was being like, yeah. Anyways, and so we it almost affected like some of our shows and some of our stuff. And I was like, what? And so then I had to look into that and be like, oh my god. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I just there's so many different forms of like Christianity exactly. and belief systems, and yeah. like there's if you. I feel like if you're not in the mainline, like evangelical 
thinking in Christianity, you will definitely be considered like heretic, false prophet, whatever, which is totally fine. But like, it's, it's very annoying because they, I don't know. I'm no. sure you hear about this a lot. But. Oh no, I, I totally get it. Well, I guess, I guess not, not to be a huge philosophical question, but I don't even know, is there Christian bands now in our scene? Like, it seems like, I mean, people who are Christian you know, who are in bands who that's what they practice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But is there anybody, I always thought Christian bands were supposed to be spreading the word of God or something throughout what they're doing, but like, like, um, convictions who I'm a big fan of convictions. I, I personally am not a religious person, but I, I really like convictions. Their tagline is aggressive worship, right? Yeah. I would consider them a Christian band because in their lyrics, they, they are pushing certain things. That's, that's what they're talking about. But Mm -hmm. that's how I define a Christian band. But I don't know if we have that same scene as we did before when you have bands like for today, you know, and name a, a ton of others. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's how we started too, for the first 10 years. Like I, we would do, like I would talk for an obnoxious amount of time <laughs> Um, and then we would like pray with people at the end and stuff, but sure. I kind of felt like that was a little bit irresponsible. And then I kind of felt a little bit more humbled about my viewpoints and how I convey those things. Okay. So like, like if you read our lyrics, like they're very Christian lyrics, oh, like sure. yeah. talk about like George Floyd shit and like, um, just like the, the wealth gap. And yep. then like, I, I talk about drone strikes and like. Yeah, this is all stuff right? that mm-hmm. yeah that really matter but i and i feel like so when i judge christianity or what that would mean to me i would say it would be something that operates in the fruits of the spirit so like love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control right. like we're not raising our kids in the church but those are things that we're trying to teach our kids right and like mm-hmm. the sermon on the mountain the teachings of jesus like those are that's how it live my life and i want to continue to do so but i'm also not like i can also see that like you know if you're if you're singing a worship song and it it's not explicitly like talking about the way that jesus moves or something I'm, i'd argue that my band is a hundred times more christian than yours yeah and, yeah. and like <laughs> and like i and i also am not thrown off by like like just because like someone is crass or something that does not that does that go against any of these fruits of the spirit does that like mean that you are less likely to give to people who are in need or something like that so Mm -hmm. i i just have an awful time with like i think we're now banned from the christian metal core or christian Ah. metal facebook community now because like they tried to vet me and they were like well so do you believe in the virgin birth and you and i'm like no i don't believe in the virgin birth well sorry Like, it's just like very, like, (laughs) like, I don't believe in an afterlife. No, up, you're not a Christian. Sorry. (laughs) Like, I I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit what they say, but it's also like American Christianity can be very rigid. And I think it kind of loses the plot in a lot of ways. But also, like, I'm friends with a ton of Christians that are wonderful people that wouldn't do that kind of thing. So, yeah. (laughs) No, that's, that is a great way to put it. No, I, I really appreciate that for sure. Well, holy, holy crap, cream! I just looked. We are already in an hour. Uh, <laughs> I am glad we got to go through this stuff. I do want to say, look, we don't, we do not have to stop for sure. But I wanted to, I wanted to double check if we are to end. 
Was there anything else you wanted to go over, you know, with the new, with anything new you want to talk about with, you know, with sacred mirrors, anything that you wanted to talk about before we end things? Um, no, I mean, I will say like, if you stream this record and enjoy it, has found any sort of joy or entertainment or meaning from any of the songs or lyrics, um, I am, that makes me so, so happy. And yeah, I guess also we've been thinking a lot about like our band and like, I don't think we'll ever blow up or like be huge or anything or make a living off it. So we just kind of just want to focus in the future, like instead of like trying to appease Spotify or like trying to like just gain more and more and more fans, Mm -hmm. which is always the point, but like, we're not going to spend money on ads anymore. We just want to like cater to the people who really like us and hopefully enrich our experience with them as Mm -hmm. far as like how the music comes out and stuff so that's our primary focus like we just care about the you know 500 or so people around the world that like buy our music and come to our shows like that's who we're focused on and so we will continue to make records forever (laughs) and uh the next one will be out sooner than um than later so yeah i have i have a bunch of songs written so and i have like three or four that are just awesome oh and then i just have to get the northlander one recorded which will come out okay and i don't know if that'll be through face down or rap family um but that one's good and then uh, there's a new cobra cobra song it should be out maybe in a month or so oh okay and yeah it's also really good too so all right yeah well look everyone make sure you keep an eye out for that i'm gonna have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you on social media so that they can pick up merch you know, pick up a vinyl copy of Sacred Mirrors or anything else that you have as well. I saw there is a merch page and everything. And then also keep ahead of when Northlander and Cobra Cobra, as well as when you go guys go out on tour as well, just to make things really simple and easy. But Kareem, I think I think we're going to have to do this again because I still, yeah, have, we do. I still have plenty more. <laughs> to talk to you about there are so many stories and more music to talk about and everything so uh i definitely uh want to have you back on the show that time flew by i really really this conversation yeah man so do me a favor (laughs) stay on the line we'll say our goodbyes offline as well but until then i think we're all good so once again man thank you for the music and thank you for taking the time uh to do the show i really appreciate it thank you ian yeah it was so good talking to you man